Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It is the Unpacked Podcast here from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. Talking about your suspiciously two-in-one <laughs> Green Bay Packers. I'm Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. Uh, follow the show at the Unpacked Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And um, joined by the usual crew, Alex, um, what are you munching on over here? Ah, some uh, some smart food white cheddar popcorn. Uh, yet to have dinner, so not a sponsor though. Popcorn for dinner. <laughs> yeah, Wash no shout out to smart food popcorn. Yep, uh, and uh, with an ice cold Coca Cola Zero. Damn, which is <laughs> without a doubt the only Coke product you really need. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> really coming out here with these unpaid sponsorships. Yeah. Mm. British Airways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I drank a Coke Zero uh, on Smart my British Pop. Airways flight. So. Coke Zero. See, it's all synergy. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. Uh, <laughs> I'm also joined by Nick Bornheimer, a happy basketball boy today. Huh, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the process of switching gears um, after I um, was pulled into a box Damian Lillard vortex earlier today big big news um the trade of the offseason for sure bucks skyrocketed to be the finals favorites the betting favorites that is um but because we're a a not a wisconsin podcast and um rather a global packers podcast i we i, I don't need to labor over the um what appears to be the team to beat in the NBA, Milwaukee Bucks. Very excited for that, but you know, I digress. Well, uh, yeah, maybe at some point in the season we can give you ten minutes on the Bucks. Um, oh but man, then we also would... got to give Alex ten bu- ten minutes on the Wolves. I feel like that's yeah, <laughs> that's the trade. While I drink my Esfuerzo wines that I just <laughs> that in route. This guy's a walking billboard. <laughs> Who else wants a shout out? Come uh... on. All right, one more ding for you guys. We are coming to you via the official Glenn's Not Dead Yet Memorial Zencaster account. Thank you, Glenn. Um, a little bit of a different show today uh, because this week we've got the Packers coming up on Thursday Night Football. Everyone's favorite game of the week, Thursday night. Nothing weird ever happens. It's a totally normal game. Uh, so we're going to do our note nugs from last week, and then on the uh, the back half of the show, Justice Mosqueda will be joining us to do a little preview um, of the Lions and uh, maybe a little, maybe he'll join us out on Degenerate Corner, the uh, sleaziest corner in New York City. Mm-hmm. Is there anything better for a severely injured team than playing on a Thursday? I mean, it's what you ask for. Well, well I, 
I want to talk about this actually because um, Thursday night football, and I know it's uh, whatever, it's a hot topic. Everyone has strong opinions about it. Most people don't like it, injuries, all that stuff. The thing that I don't like about it is, and this was apparent in this this um, this game, which we will get to, victory over the Saints, eighteen to seventeen, home field opener for Jordan Love. This was apparent during this game. The Packers and teams have to do this, where when they know they have a Thursday night game coming up the week after next, they have to think in this two week chunk in terms of injuries and injury risk and who we're playing. And they make decisions about which game is more important to them. And that sucks. It sucks for the fans. It sucks for the product to have to put teams in that position. And I know you could argue that they have to do the same thing anyway, when it's games on Sundays, but it's just more condensed on a Thursday and it just makes teams think differently i don't love it don't love it i like that the um the jaguars are just playing in london and staying in london and playing there for a second week like there's there's no rhyme or reason to renting a flat yeah (laughs) (laughs) i shouldn't have laughed at that so hard Uh, (laughs) it's it's a really bad dad joke but i appreciate it (laughs) yeah there yeah it i mean it's 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 all about the it's all about the dollars and um yeah they're they're I'm not sorry, the dollars to, yeah <laughs> okay. the, the dame dollars that that's a uh, an, another dame reference baby they're not going to shy away from this stuff it is it is i to your point zach it is um it's incredibly frustrating it's got to it's i mean when you're listening to lafleur's presser after the game there he's talking like it's already wednesday on a sunday like you can't go through any of your regular um, you know, ritual pre, pre or week leading into your game ritual. And um, yeah, they're the, and the, and then the injury news that comes out afterwards, like it's, it's all kind of cobbled together and you have to make guesses. And you were lamenting about this in the, uh, in our chat yesterday or the day prior. I wouldn't the say injury... I was lamenting. I was just saying, don't believe the money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah injury report because it is a fictional injury report on a short week and the team has zero incentive to tell the truth what are they gonna is the league gonna like send the cops over to make sure that that christian watson really was gonna not participate like they have no incentive to tell anything resembling the truth it's just silly that they make them do it at all honestly (laughs) yeah yeah um what i'm trying to remember like why thursday night football started and I honestly can't remember. Like, we've always had the Thursday Thanksgiving games. But, like, who asked money, for this? Money. It's about the money. Well, money, yeah, money, I, money. I know, but, like, when, when you know. Wh- so, why? I remember why? I remember it was, like, a, a, a not every week fixture. I remember after the Packers won the Super Bowl, they had a, th- a Thursday night game against the Saints to kick off the season open the season that was always a thing yeah that was that was like there was a season opening thursday night game but i don't remember when it became an every week fixture yeah i don't know i it's it's yeah it is what it is um, um 2006 is the answer by the way since 2006 okay. oh so oh, it was really? every it, that seems and, like... but but was it wasn't it more recently that every team had to play on a thursday night or maybe it's not I, I know, know if this you, is a very you, generic. It's one of those Google answers that shows up in a paragraph and it's just like, here's your answer. 
Yeah, yeah, Most yeah. people don't look further. I'm not going to look yeah. further. 2006. Nah. It does feel like that was too long ago, but. Oh, know. well. Um, <laughs> you know, well. I think everyone agrees that we shouldn't. It shouldn't be happening. <laughs> it just yeah. shouldn't. All right. Well, uh, but uh, I am excited slash nervous that it is such an important game in that slot because yeah, it's it's you never get like the the real teams. You know, you don't really get like the the best, the Packers, the best of the Lions. So, uh, and it is you know probably the most significant game that the Packers thus far, yeah have played thus far in uh, a you know quarter of the season almost so yeah. um that's where Definitely. we're at do you think yep. if if you um or i guess if i could pose a quick question do you think the like between the two teams that this actually um is an advantage for the young scrappy packers team at home i mean that the Thursday night game, usually the advantage goes to the home team, but um, a team that is still, you know, uncovering its identity, willing to get a little friskier with its play calling, mm. so on and so forth. <laughs> Frisky. Um, I Part of me wants to say yes, but also, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's Thursday. I don't know. It's. It's, it's Thursday. Gonna be weird. You're getting it's injured gonna be... teams who haven't had real practice, and it can go either way. I really don't know. Um, that's a question we can save for Justice, who I think will also have strong opinions about Thursday. Yeah, um, I mean, I my my thing is like I I think you know there there's a a degree to which we can overrate the mental preparation of a Thursday night game. To me, I would I would give like a, I think the physical edge is way more important when you're talking about playing a, a short week. And to Nick's point, I feel like maybe the Packers being the youngest team in the NFL with, I believe, an average age of like 25 years old or something 17. like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Seven, 16, <laughs> yeah. 17, almost legal. Yep. <laughs> Pimple cream. And Very legal. Uh, not that the Lions are old. I believe they're like in the, you know, somewhere around 10 to 15 in average age uh, as well. But I, I mean, to a degree, you know, young bodies heal quicker. So it, it is almost, a, you know, uh, an advantage in a way, plus being at home, like you said. Like, I, I guess I'm. I will. To play I'm devil's a advocate. The Packers are um, slight underdogs. Like, I thought it, mm. you know, being at home and being kind of good so far that they would uh they would earn a little bit of a of respect yeah. in this one. Yeah, to to play devil's advocate and th- and this will allow me to pivot so we can talk a little bit about the uh the Saints game and save some of this line stuff for justice, but um to play devil's advocate, um the youth the youth thing that you're talking about like yeah, sure bodies bounce back more quickly, but y- you know what else happens to young teams? They get lots of penalties and they make stupid mistakes and it's not a smooth operation. And that's a lot of what we saw in this game against the Saints for the majority of this game. So, again, I just come back to my point about Thursdays. Who knows? I don't know. It could go either way. But um, but on that note, let's talk about the Saints for, for just a second before we pivot over to the Lions. 18 to 17, um, a thrilling comeback win for Jordan Love in his first Lambeau Field appearance. Um, 
let's do some some note nugs. Hashtag note nugs. Tweet at us after every game. Give us your notable nuggets. I'll start first and just kind of generally the nugget that I came away from this game feeling is that this Packers team, and hopefully this translates into, into Thursday night as well, um, just has fight in it in a way that I feel like has been missing in years past. I heard an anecdote, um, I believe on the green 19 podcast about, um, a player telling like, I think it was spoon that basically relaying like what was going on during the game and just saying that the refs were really letting the, letting the players play. They were like the saints D is aggressive. They, they, they show up ready to like kind of blur the line between legal and illegal and the refs know this and certain crews just let them do that. And that's what was happening in this game. So for the first three quarters, they were just kind of getting blown off the ball. And, um, and I feel like certain Packers teams of yore would have shriveled up and just said, well, I guess that's it. They've got it in for us in this game. Um, and that's not what happened here. And the, you know, the bolt on defense and offense Packers players said, you know what, that they're letting them get away with stuff. We're just going to, you know, fuck it. We're just going to do the same thing too. And then they did and it worked. <laughs> I mean, knocking uh, Derek Carr pro- out of the game probably also had something to do with that comeback, but, um, but you like to see the fight, you know, I think that to me, that's a thing as a fan that I can carry over into future games where it's like not going well and, you know, help me fight that urge to put on you know, Miami Vice or whatever is on some other <laughs> local channel instead. I don't know. Yeah. And it was funny. Like I felt, a, I've, I felt a, 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 a different type of calm during this game, even, even though we've, you know, generally talked about um, um, ta- tampering our expectations, tempering our expectations um, in every game this season. But, down 17 nothing in the fourth quarter seems like a death sentence almost every single time but it didn't really feel that way like even yeah. when car was even when car was in the game like and yes you're you're right like that was a momentum shift in and of itself to um i mean to unfortunately see him exit the game but the he exited the game and the packers didn't get it going until a couple drives after that. And then it all just started to click in the, you know, with what, whatever it was, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then just like the player said, just like LaFleur said, after that two point conversion, similar to last week, when you knew the Packers were going to lose on that last drive, I just had this feeling like, well, it's going to happen. And you know, this, this, opinion has been postulated on every single platform thus far, but like the one, the, the game that they choked away last week, it was made right by the universe this week to get them to two and one, which it does sort of feel that way. Like they should have lost one. They should have won one. All is right in the world. But I, I just think that's life with a young team. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Lose some games, learn how to win some games. Um, I want to uh, give a shout out to John Ramos on Twitter with his note nug. He says, um, everyone said Joe Barry is bad, but New Orleans only scored 17 and that was all from the first half. 
Second half, no score. The New Orleans scored zero points. Um, it seems like they made some adjustments. I don't know if they made adjustments, but also to correct the record, one of those touchdowns was a special team. So right. Joe Barry's defense only gave up uh, one touchdown, which is, a, a well, 10 points. Um, which is a pretty good day at the office. But I don't know if uh, I... <laughs> If I'm stepping on either of your nugs, if anyone wanted to, to talk Joe Barry here, but I don't know if it's uh is that uh the scheme, is that New Orleans is has a bad offensive line and practice squad running backs right now, or you know, what what do we attribute that to? I think the Packers got bailed out by a couple penalties, just like we bailed or the Packers bailed the Saints out with some penalties in the earlier in the game. I was watching back some highlights and there was like a Taysom Hill run that got called back and a couple things that just broke the Packers way. So it's tough to credit it to one specific thing, but yeah, I mean, the refs were silly in this game, man. The refs were silly. Yeah, it was all over the map. Um, but no, I mean like I'm not, I, I could exhaust myself and go blue in the face talking about Joe Barry over and over again. It, um, his, the defense looked good. Rashawn Gary looked great. Um, they generated a boatload of pressure. Um, Valentine, well, both Valentine and Valentine looked okay. Valentine before he went out, um, without their all pro defensive back back there. Um, yeah, I think it was just like a, I think momentum's a hell of a thing. I don't, and it's, 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 it's an intangible weird thing that you just it just all started to click for the packers but the defense defense was good like i think the defense played really well i um ap are you going to do you, do you have any do you have any joe berry thoughts cuz i'm going to pivot from this in general uh i mean i thought they were fine like i i i really <laughs> that's, that's the no. general consensus they were fine yeah. they were yeah, like no. Um I I yeah, I mean one of the scores was on the special teams. I think that you know, they let some of the guys who are really good at certain things do what they do. Rashawn Gary being one of them, three sacks, that's pretty awesome. One of yeah. them it, it completely changed the game. I didn't think he was bad. Like it was I mean, I, 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 there's nothing in this game that yeah. Short answer, no. I, Not I mean, to it's way, it's way more about the the two stories of Matt Lafleur first half and second half first yeah. half and then part of second half I thought were really poor. So I will yeah. I will offer this one thing, Nick, before you pivot to your note nug um, on the defense, and that is, you know, New Orleans missed what would have been basically a game winning field goal, and if they make that field goal, we're talking about how the defense let you know Jamie's Winston drive down the field and and win the game but yeah. or someone is i don't know if we are someone yeah it's a narrative that will be out that would be out there anyway yeah there were there were a lot of breaks that had to go the packers way but um on a more positive note it's it's fun to see positive it's fun to see matt lafleur post game just like with that type of exuberance and like in his tenure here, you never heard him um, exalting that way about a Rogers led offense, or at least like not, not the same way, not with that like same spark in his eye. 
Um, and it's probably just because there wasn't really the same opportunity to be proud of like a young team, a Rogers led team, the way that the way that he's scheming things and his kind of own design allows him to really take some pride in the way things are unfolding. So, I mean, like maybe that's some of his ego seeping through, but it's, still fun to like all of that like is like a big rallying cry and it's exciting to hear a locker room like really rally behind the young signal caller in jordan love and maybe more of a lack of expectations from the fan base and um moving away from the curmudgeon quarterback where you have these very grandiose expectations and it's not this is like not a rogers bashing sentiment at all it's just like a total change in like the vibes total vibration change definitely a vibe change and it's like a it's like it feels like a total seismic shift and alex you were kind of like talking about this earlier um it's a totally new guard with the team all the like from quarterback the most important position all the way through like every positional rank um they it's a lot it's a locker room that wasn't around rogers for the most part other than a, a few guys and um didn't really get to fully understand and appreciate the value and how important rogers was to like everything imperative to the team he was he was the packers at that point so um the it's just it it's like it feels like the same old Packers in a way because they're they're winning and it and we're we're used to winning but it's a it's not it's not at all that same team and I just love that excitement we've talked a, a bit about it but it's just my note nug is just pretty much vibes like it just feels cool and 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 again expectations expectations we're gonna <laughs> I feel we're like gonna, you're saying that to yourself I really am. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take it this year a couple of times, and there's gonna be a lot more of those dumb penalties along yeah. the way. And um, Love's gonna force some more stuff, but I just like it's it's one thing to like do the eye test yourself and say like, "Wow, Love looks poised," and "Wow, Dontavian Wicks is getting some separation," and. It, it and easy to forget about like they were forcing a lot of back shoulder stuff that wasn't there but they they saw one thing they liked and kept trying to force it and reed is dropping a lot of balls and but like those are the 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 overarching theme is this is a team that is building towards something so yeah. it's just it's it's fun to um kind of rally behind that yeah it's good vibes Speaking of vibes, Alex, you're still eating this this like popcorn. You're like dancing in your seat. <laughs> happy as a clam over here. Uh, yeah, I'm having a good time. Um, you're doing I, the I'm enjoying this snack dance. Uh, I yeah, uh, it's good stuff. I just finished it though. So. Sorry, I'm blowing uh, up your spot. It's only an audio show. No, no, no. Yeah. I did rash a portion it into a bowl because if I had the bag, which was a large bag, you know, the black bag, smart food, popcorn, like that's the original, like, yeah, popcorn that like that, that thing's open and it's around. (laughs) It's over. It's it's game over. Uh, 
I uh I wanted to hit on one thing because last week I didn't I, I feel like we gave a really like meh answer to what was someone else's note nug. So my note nug this week is that um and I was trying to find it in the replies right now, but like I, I feel like the app formerly known as Twitter changed and I don't know why I can't see the tweets that are directed at the Unpack Pod. Whoever tweeted about Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma was right. That sucked. Like I, I hate to complain about like commentators because i feel like that's just something that like every fan base does but like first off like they 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 went on like this never ending specifically jonathan vilma like thing about alante taylor just like you know owning uh uh was it jaden reed and romeo dobbs like just in time for like jaden reed to make a massive play and a ridiculous catch and the play where he like kind of went into the Gatorade cooler willingly because the only other way to stop his momentum would have been, you know, probably more dangerous and trying to stop short um, was a dropped ball where he was open. Like, I just felt like, like I, yeah. I think a lot of those things that went wrong for the Packers receivers were self-inflicted. Not that I'm like an Alante Taylor hater, but I also just feel like sometimes like I'm like we're all yeah, watching like why team. they keep testing this guy and I'm like that yeah, was a like, drop that wasn't like, like he's not really like weird Darrell Revis he's not Deion Sanders like he's he's kind of a guy who's getting thrown at uh because whatever you know with a bunch of young guys and also like yeah we get it Rashid Shahid rhymes with speed and he is very fast and <laughs> that kick. I kind of like that rhyme if we're being honest that, that one did it for me Safe it space, was like a space, rhyme. Space. It was like it was like a it was like a full you know it was like three verses of the same rhyme. <laughs> it just felt like that that track's done. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I I hate to get, complain about that, but it's just like one of the things I came away from thinking was just was like, oh yeah, like not that there's bias, and I don't care if there is even, but it's just some of it was just like it almost seemed like they were just like making things up because it sounded better to say. I agree with that. I don't, you know, I. I also similarly like wanted to listen in this week because I was like, oh, same announcers. Let's like really see what this is about. And there were those moments like the like the the very specific play that we just mentioned um, that stick out to me where I'm like, that is just you were just misdescribing the situation. That is not what we're watching. Um, But for the most part. I thought it was, I guess I'm coming down on the side of, I thought it was better than most Packers fans seem to think it was mostly because I'm just like, yeah, this is the C team. Like this is, they're, they're, they're not that good. <laughs> they're just not that good. The expectation should be, should be lowered for this broadcast. I don't, I don't know. So we also have the advantage of seeing it for ourselves. Like if it were radio, like where they're, we're literally relying on them to describe something accurately, I guess we would have more of a gripe. So maybe it shouldn't, you know, belabor the point, but um, I don't know. I just found myself and, and probably because we were down 17, nothing. And I was in a pissed off mood. I obviously notice it more and it kind of angers me, but, um, I felt like the saints generally, uh, not even just from the commentators, but like in just like the way the game played out, like got more credit than they probably should have. Like, I just think it was a game that two teams that are probably pretty evenly matched, like one of them just played so poorly yeah. for a really long time. And it wasn't necessarily because the other one was playing well. Um, so maybe that kind of oh, total, totally agree. 
kind of hyping up the saints exacerbated this feeling of like, no, they're not good. We're just yeah. really shit right now. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and you know, kind of- I, I mentioned this earlier, but you know, there's a lot of, a lot of talk of, Oh, well, they knocked Carr out of the game. And so that allowed them to get back in. Like Carr was not moving the ball. They scored 10 points. Yeah. Um, it was not a very effective offense. The, the saints. Yeah, I do think it gave the Packers a degree of confidence. Uh, and I honestly, if anything, I feel like it may have given Matt LaFleur a reason to be a little bit aggressive because I have to be honest, like before that, there was a period in time in the second half where the way the game was being called almost felt like the Packers were giving up on it. Like you're when you're down 17 in the second half, the urgency like midway through the third quarter, it, it just like wasn't, I, I don't know. And this is a total vibes thing. I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't have facts to point to on like when they were snapping. <laughs> we don't do facts on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it looks know. like, okay, like somebody go and tell me like what the time left on the play clock was. No, on just give me the truthiness. What are the, what's the vibe you're describing? No a facts. lack of urgency and a general like acceptance that we were terrible on offense. And then we were like, well, wait a second. James Winston's in the game. We may actually have a shot at this. And then they start letting Jordan Love throw the ball downfield. Like when you're down 17, nothing. I just don't need AJ Dillon touches. I don't. I don't, I don't want them anyway. But like I have to have them. I'm like being force fed them like terrible, like, you know, medicine, like syrupy medicine that nobody <laughs> wants to take. Like I'm just like shoving this down my throat. Like I don't need that. Like, I don't know if the pack, if the Packers are going to be this young team and they're going to go down in games because things are go- not going well. I'd rather Jordan Love have 55 pass attempts and throw three interceptions than sit there and be like, oh, I guess we're going to pack it in and then be like, well, the Saints just like wouldn't let us. They were yeah. like, you're not going away. It, that's the, what it felt like. The, 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 the only the only counter to that is um, they had a they had a few poorly executed fourth down attempts that would have sustained some drives yeah. and um I mean, everybody remembers what those look like we don't have to go into those one of them was the first do, one do, of the do, 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 do. yeah that, <laughs> slipping on banana that, peels let's talk half, about the turf man the yeah, slippery that, lambo turf that's a problem <laughs> i think i i remember that after watching it back i i remembered that um the halfback passed back to Jordan Love happening later in the game. That was on that first drive. Um, I think it was first or second. It was in the first quarter at the yeah. at the very least. That was a moment where, as a fan, I was like, oh, it's, it's one of those kind of games. All yeah. Right, well, let me crack a beer and just settle in here. Because <laughs> we're in for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, I was gonna say we take a break, but I'll I'll make one more one more point on uh on Dylan Alex. I don't know that you're gonna have to see that much more because, I mean, there were goal line, there were goal line situations, and they were Dylan was not in the game. No Aaron Jones, and Dylan was on the sideline. And to me, that was that was the team saying we got to try something else here because this guy can't get a yard right now. So, I'm, and I'm waiting, like I am waiting for the Dylan. Uh, kind of like, you know, not revenge game, but like I, I keep thinking like <laughs> the revenge game. He's stop throwing him outside pitches too. Like that's never. I, we <laughs> we're not helping him. Yeah, that's not helping. We're not helping like, him. We keep not helping an ailing running back. I keep wanting to take him to score a touchdown, like as an anytime touchdown score or something like that. At this point, I just can't even. 
it's just not fair to expect that game where you're like, okay, like he still yeah. is like decent. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Anyway. But we'll stop. We'll stop because I said last week that I'm going to try not to yeah, <laughs> talk sorry, about AJ Dillon every week, but I just had to bring it up because you brought it up and, and I feel like we saw, and you evidence. can't help yourself. I can't help myself. No, I just feel like we saw evidence in this game that the coaching staff is starting to explore non AJ Dillon related options in situations that typically in the past would involve AJ Dillon. So, um, but with that, I think we will um, take it to a break here. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by justice Mosqueda. We're going to preview this Thursday night game against the lions and uh, maybe, uh, maybe win some money, maybe lose some money. I don't know. The corner, the busy street corner will be in effect. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. Justice, I wish we uh, had some music here for you, but uh, unfortunately, the board is a little, it's a little sparse right now. Usually it takes like getting into the season to get some more, uh, get some jokes flying and then I'll fill the board with, Hot nonsense. Nothing on here now, so I'll just tee you up. Say what's uh, say what's up to the people, Justice. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm sure you guys haven't heard my voice three times this week already <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> it is your feed, basically. That's what I signed up for this year. Yeah, with the yeah. Tuesday show. So, but no intercepted this week. So, yeah. got that going for you. If you're tired of hearing me. Yeah. Well, I wanted to have you on because. Um, for exactly that reason. Um, no intercepted this week, Thursday night game Packers set to host the lions and thought we would turn the second half of our show into a, a bit of a preview, um, to give the people something to listen to before this game kicks off on Thursday night. Um, justice, why don't we start with, um, the injury update that just, just came out. What do we, what do we know about who's playing? Who's not? Everyone's hurt on both sides. It's, it's not fun. Um, Great. As far as the Packers go, um, Zane Anderson's not going to impact anything, but the other players who are ruled out, uh, left tackle David Bakhtiari, left guard Elton Jenkins, and inside linebacker Devondre Campbell. Obviously, all those guys are starters. Um, that's concerning. The questionable players, Jair Alexander, the corner, uh, Aaron Jones, the running back, Zach Tom, the right tackle, Carrington Valentine, Jair Alexander's injury replacement, and Christian Watson. Oh, um, good. Yeah, so we got Great, all that. Perfect. The Lions side is interesting, too. Um, their left tackle, Taylor Decker, is listed as questionable. Their left guard, Jonah Jackson, is listed as questionable. Their right guard, Vitae, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce because I don't want to butcher it, has officially been ruled out. And then their swing tackle, Matt Nelson, has also been ruled out. And that's not cool. including Kirby Joseph, the safety who you know intercepted Aaron Rodgers a ton last year. Uh, cornerback Emmanuel Mosby and David Montgomery are also listed as questionable. Those are also starters. So no one is healthy. Well, let's play a game on a Thursday then. Yeah. <laughs> Suit up, boys. Breaking news, guys. Zane Anderson is not going to start in this game. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was our A block, Zach. 
Yeah, I know. Oh, Zayn is a guy who, like, if he was healthy, he might have, he might be cut tomorrow. Like, injury might be the only reason he sticks on the fifty-three because they're gonna have to do some weird stuff with the roster just to patch together a team. I mean, there's a real chance Corey Ballantyne comes off the practice squad and starts at cornerback this week. Yeah. Meanwhile, a guy like Patrick Taylor, like they're they're out of elevations. They got to sign a new team if they want him, right? They got to do something. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm them, I'd probably do some sort of swap of Patrick Taylor for Emmanuel Wilson. But then, I guess if you do that, it's so late in the week you can't get Wilson back onto the practice squad, so you can't elevate him there. So the question is, do you only want two running backs or do you want three? And is Aaron Jones healthy enough to play? Right. I mean, these are all the things that are up in the air right now. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Caleb Jones is one injury away from from playing every snap at, at tackle in this game. And Caleb Jones wasn't active for the first two games of the season. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's get a little bit into the, into the matchup itself. Um, I mean, noting all these injuries, I think uh, just as I tell me if you disagree, but I think the uh, one thing that the lions will probably look to uh, exploit is the Packers inability to stop the wide zone uh, like on the outside outside runs. Meanwhile, Packers are pretty good with the inside rush against uh, an offensive line that, as you just noted, for the Lions is is um, is really banged up. And then you've got a quarterback in Goff who is pretty superb, honestly, when he's kept upright in a clean pocket. And is it's probably the biggest Nick. We were talking about this before the show. It's probably the biggest drop off in quality from not pressured to pressured. He becomes a very bad quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of where the game is won for Green Bay. If it does end up breaking their way, is going to be the pass rush because that's the one thing you can kind of hang your hat on the Packers doing right now with Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary playing as well as they have. Um, we'll see what, uh, you know, Rashawn Gary's pitch count looks like on a shorter week because it seems like they don't necessarily um, – they're they're not ready to like turn him loose yet, even the way that they talk about him in the presser. Uh, but he is playing more and more every week, so it'll be interesting to see how that's impacted by a short week. Um, the Lions on the offensive side of the ball are a weird team because their identity is that they have a really good offensive line, right? And yeah, we'll see right. what happens, you know, with with those questionable guys on the left side in particular. Um, but they're not a team that's been able to run well under center. They're really good at running out of the gun and then they're really good at play action from under center. So it's like, they have like this kind of weird disjointed offense right now. Um, so if, if the Packers can take advantage of that, I mean, more power to them. How do you think the Packers can flip, uh, flip to the other side of the ball? Like what can the Packers exploit in this Lions defense? The, the, uh, Lions still don't have corners, which is always nice right playing a team <laughs> that is nice. not the new orleans saints right um so it'll be interesting to see what they do there um last week's game plan was really just throw contested catches at whoever isaac yadam was covering right yep. and that didn't necessarily work out for green bay until the very end and you know there was the touchdown that that dobbs had that everyone remembers so like does the previous 60 min- minutes matter I don't know. Like it was a tight game. He didn't make the play when, when, or yeah, Adam didn't make the play um, 
you know, when the game was on the line. Yeah. I wonder if they stick with that game plan or if they say like, you know, Dobbs isn't good enough to be getting enough of these contested catches like that. I was having a real senior moment watching uh, Isaac Yadam because I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? And at some point later in the broadcast, they were like, former giant Isaac Yadam. I was like, I guess it's because he used to be on the Giants. That can't be right. Why do I? And then I was listening to the UN Tex after the game. I was like, oh, he was a fucking Packer. Yeah. He was the Josh Jackson trade. Exactly. He was the guy before exactly. Russell Douglas. Yeah. Anyway, good to see you out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he had a nice good work. game until yeah, the very end. He had a end. really good game. Yeah, he was pissed at the end because I mean, one, he gave up a you know, go ahead touchdown, but like yeah. he had a good game the entire game up until that moment. And now, yeah. now he's like, "Wow, that's how I'm going to be remembered." Great. Yeah. What have you seen out of uh, out of Gibbs so far? I feel like so much is made of like of draft value, and and I've heard the point made that like they're the lions are kind of we're, we're drafting as if they were one player away from the super bowl and they're probably smarter play smarter slots they could fill um at that point in the draft but i mean you have to you can't argue with him being a very good player it sounds like yeah so gibbs gibbs is a really interesting player the the problem was how much hype he had built over the offseason where the coaching staff basically was like this is some sort of combination of like Marshall Folk and Jamal Charles, right? <laughs> and then they're just not using him in these games to do no anything. Pressure. Yeah, no, no pressure at all. And you know, they're they're out here saying, you know, you're gonna be surprised in some of the ways that we use him. And now they're just like running swings to him. And it's not like he's really getting a bulk of the carries because David Montgomery's been there in the backfield. Um, so I know, I know this is something Paul was worried about, where he's like, I want Montgomery to play because I think he might not be the best back that they have. Yeah. So I need I need Montgomery to actually be healthy. Um, so, you know, there's that factor going. Um, the other thing is, oh, I'm spacing on his name right now, Campbell. Um, uh, Jack Campbell, the uh, inside linebacker that they have for uh, that they drafted in the first round, the other first round pick out of Iowa. He played a really interesting role against uh the falcons last week and you know we we got to look at the falcons you know in week two so we kind of know what that offense is bringing um campbell actually was used as like a walk down like sam linebacker like old school sam linebacker to try to stop the run um you know on the line of scrimmage almost like an edge rusher right so yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they continue to use him like that moving forward i mean he's a guy who's really athletic for his size so yeah that's I, I interesting I mean, for a, a team like the Falcons, if you've got Ritter, if all you can do is run the ball, then we're going to see some late 90s defense out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But one thing that the Lions haven't been good at is covering backs out of the backfield. Um, that's something that's hurt them all three weeks. So if Aaron Jones can play, I mean, getting that speed out of the backfield is going to be a huge factor. Yeah. Do you get the impression that he's going to play? I think so. I mean, the broadcast crew last game, right, said that he was expecting to play on Sunday. And then, you know, late after they tested the hamstring, they were like, let's let's not risk it. You know, we have a Thursday night game coming yeah. up. Um, I think uh, who was it like Russell? So, someone said, you know, we're going to have 33 this week. And that was brought up to Matt LaFleur, along with Christian Watson himself saying that he wanted to play and that that was the expectation going into the game. Yeah. And the floor didn't push back on Jones. 
but he did push back on Watson. And while right. he was like, you know, Watson needs to be cleared by the medical staff, which means that he's probably further away than, you know, we assumed. I mean, we mm. haven't seen Watson in a month. Mm. I don't know how that works. I don't know if you, if you do, can they like tell the medical staff like, Hey, don't clear him until 3 PM on Thursday, <laughs> man. Medicals are so you could do whatever you want with medicals All right. in the NFL. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo failed a medical and still got signed by the Raiders. They just postponed his press conference for a day and like reworked his guarantees. So I don't, I don't know what you do. Yeah. They just kind of juke the stats. Like you're healthy now. It's 24 hours later. It's fine. Yeah. You're good. Um, yeah, I saw uh, before the game last week, I was I was on Twitter and it was really funny. I saw a tweet that was footage of Aaron Jones, like running on the field before the game. And I was like, oh, he looks back. We're ready. And then the next tweet was the inactives list. <laughs> he was out. And I was like, what's going on here? Anyway, sorry, Nick, I cut you off. No, 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 no you're all good. Um, so I, I, I think we're probably all in agreement that Aaron Jones would be the most crucial piece to play tomorrow if we you know we had the choice but if Jair doesn't play on the other side of the ball like who's stopping St. Brown like does he just go for 100 yards does he go for 200 yards like I, I, I there he he he's that's that, that's the perfect matchup that you need Jair Alexander for and that is what is kind of scaring me about tomorrow if he's not ready yeah, and then Valentine was a guy who had a really, really, really good preseason. And I know the stats don't like him from this last game. I think a lot of that has to do with that Olave shot up the sideline that he allowed, but he was tight coverage on him. I, I don't know what more you want to do. So I, I don't necessarily no. blame him for that one. If, if Alexander and, and um, you know, Valentine are out, plus Stokes is already out. I mean, the Packers legitimately have two healthy corners on the roster in Russell yeah. Douglas and um, Keyshawn Nixon and Nixon only plays in the slot. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they, they don't have to do the call-ups until like three 30 or something like that um, on Thursday. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they call up two corners just because that's where they need bodies right now. And again, that puts a lot of stress on the offensive line that might only have seven guys active for the entire game or yeah. the running back unit where, you know, you might only go into the game with Emmanuel Wilson and uh, AJ Dillon. Like there's a lot of injuries to, to work around right now. Yeah. I was going to say, so do you think that um, again, nobody can only sickos like us care. You think Patrick Taylor's not, not getting added to the roster for this game. I don't, I don't know. I need to know which offensive linemen are going to be able to suit up. And yeah. which corners are going to be able to suit up, right? Like that's yeah. that's the big question. And and then you kind of work around the roster numbers there. Last last week the Packers only had one healthy scratch, and it was Anthony Johnson Jr. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they're going to release him. You know, a draft pick um, to bring someone up. I, I would have thought it would have been a guy like an Emmanuel Wilson or a guy um, like a Zane Anderson. But a Zane Anderson isn't healthy, so you can't release him right now yeah. unless you want to put him on IR right before the game and do some sort of injury waiver thing. And if you were going to move Emmanuel Wilson down to the practice squad and bring Patrick Taylor up to the active roster, I think you would have already done it. Week four, baby. <laughs> this is nuts, man. Yep. So, so like, so from an offensive line perspective, Zach Tom really, really needs to play because yeah. yes. Um, the other thing that gets finicky here 
and this is a dumb NFL rule that almost never comes up, but it does come up in situations like this. So the NFL didn't unilaterally like expand the the uh, active rosters, right? When it went from fifty five or forty five to forty six, it was because of the third quarterback rule. And then getting up to that forty seven number is dependent on you having eight guy eight offensive linemen specifically active for game day. The Packers currently only have seven, depending if you know uh, Zach Tom does or doesn't play. So we're talking about bringing up two cornerbacks. Well, if they don't bring up an extra offensive lineman, then they don't get that extra that extra spot on the active roster too, just for the fifty three. So, yeah, I mean Zach Tom would basically be a freebie. I mean, maybe that's a situation where even if you're not sold on the idea of him playing, you bring him up just as like in a, in case of emergency type of player, yeah. just because it's a, a, a freebie spot, you know, you uh, <laughs> audio show. So it's not going to be great, but I, I love you explaining the nuance of that roster role and Alex just dropping his head into his hands. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, if we're going to make, guys play every day of the week like what why like what's the point of that like you know like the the nfl owners don't want players to accrue seasons yeah if they accrue, if they accrue seasons they have to pay out lifetime benefits yeah and uh, the other side of that too is um, alex's alex's head is firmly in his hand yeah he's, just, yeah. Always, <laughs> he's gonna be off camera soon um the other side of that too is like if you open up all those rock then you get like highly specialized players who like only do one or two things um, you know, within a whole game and then, you know, and then those are players who are accruing seasons and getting lifetime benefits. So it's, it's yeah. all about, it's all about money. But don't you, I mean, turf I, and I, rosters, billionaires can't do I'm, anything. I'm, about I'm it. with you, Alex. I want the highly specialized players. I, I, want, I, want, I want a better product, but it does, yeah. like, again, if it doesn't matter, like who's not watching Thursday, no one. I don't know. I don't no know the answer. It just it's depressing when you go down this road. But you know what? It's, at least it at least it's just once it well, not twice a year this year, right? We plan Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving doesn't count. It's like, you know, it's a holiday, so you kind of forgive it. You're just like <laughs> you're too turkey drunk by the time it even is on to care about other people's well being. But this one, this one hurts. Uh yeah. before we step out onto degenerate corner. Um, and talk a little prop bet uh, action, Justice. What does what a Packers, what do you think a Packers victory looks like here? The Packers win if if they do what well? Uh, beat, the, beat the corners for a couple of plays and get pressure on Goff. I mean, yeah. that, that feels like that's the recipe to beating this Lions team in general. That run defense against A.J. Dillon, I don't think he's going to do it. So, I mean... If, you know, we're, we're assuming, I guess a lot depends, you know, on the offensive side of the ball on, you know, if Jones is going to play or not, but independent of that, you know, beating those corners a couple of times. Um, the other thing that's going to be really interesting moving forward, uh, Brian Branch is a guy that a lot of Green Bay Packers fans um, were interested in during the draft process. I think, um, I believe that no one, I, I, I tracked this at one point. The, the top two players who were mocked to Green Bay in the first round last year were like Michael Mayer and Brian Branch, right? The tight end from uh, Notre Dame. Those guys actually both ended up going in the second round. Branch was an interesting guy because he played the nickel 
for Alabama and everyone was projecting him to play safety. And I didn't, I didn't think that he fit really well in a quarter system, which is what green Bay ends up running. Um, Branch got drafted by the Lions in the second round. He's playing the slot and he's playing the slot very well. Yeah. So the slot is not, uh, you know, a a place that, um, you know, you're, you're going to probably pepper the ball a bunch. I I wouldn't expect this to be a big, uh, you know, Jaden Reed game or anything like that. It's going to have to come down to those outside wide receivers. Hmm. Interesting. We'll see if, uh, that affects any of these these props that we get into with uh, Jaden Reed. I haven't looked at the uh, haven't looked at the list yet. Uh, one more question for you, Justin, before we before we go down that road. Um, just want to give you a platform to be annoyed about David Bakhtiari if you feel like you need that platform <laughs> right now, since he's just announced out for this game as well. I'm not as annoyed at David Bakhtiari as I'm annoyed at the entire situation and the fact that the coaching staff lied to us in our face and said yeah. that no, nothing's going on. Don't pay attention to it. Don't even look at it don't bring it up in press conferences anytime you ask questions we'll shut down the questions something obviously happened i mean bakhtiari even last season i believe he only missed one game with a setback yeah Um, yeah yeah. the 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 rest of the time that he was missing games was because of the appendix right like it wasn't Mm -hmm. something with his knee that that you know uh acted up again so we're now you know after one week of the season his knee is acting up and now What can you do? And, they and I apologize to- if I teed. The, I, I I might have misspoken teeing that up, saying being annoyed at Bakhtiari. I mean, annoyed by the situation. That's yes, what I mean. annoyed by the situation and the fact that they pushed, they they converted his salary into a signing bonus. So it's not even like, like we're going to pay for it next year with yeah. next year's salary cap. Yeah, and he's going to have a forty million dollar, uh, cap hit. So there's no way that we're going to pick that back up. So yeah. I mean. The dead cap is like twenty million, I think I saw. Yeah, they they played this in about the worst possible way that you could, just continuing to to push the money forward instead of, um, betting, or, or or going year by year to see if Bakhtiari's knee was ever going to ever come back. Yeah, I think Russ Ball is just walking around the stadium, going, "Told you so." Sweating. Told you guys. Just cold <laughs> sweats constantly. Goot goot was asked about something. Um, was it Clit? It was Clit. Was it Clifton or Tauscher who had the hip? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Tauscher had was a whole uh, litany of things. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it might have been Tauscher. Um, but Goot was asked, like, at cutdowns, you know, something about Ted. And then he uh, not so slyly brought up that situation. It was like he gave him, you know, so much time and all that stuff. And Yeah. You know, he's he's talking about Bakhtiari. You know? Yeah. He's talking course. about Bakhtiari in that situation. Yep. Oh, cool. Cool. Cool situation. Love it. <laughs> Love it for us. Rashid Walker is playing pretty well, though. Yes. That him. is if there if there has to be a silver lining out of it, it is that seems like that guy's a football player, which is nice. Yeah. Well, have the here, Packers okay, done here, it again. Here's another thing that annoys me about the situation and, and another thing. Right. Um, <laughs> week, week, week two right when Rashid Walker was playing the unbalanced tight end stuff, right? And people were asking, why is Nyman getting so many looks um, even even by himself in some of these games? And Stenovich, the offensive coordinator's answer, um, was that uh, Walker had been getting those reps the entire week. So they probably thought Bakhtiari could go in week two, right? And that is something has changed since then because those yeah. – 
those uh you know six offensive linemen looks are no longer out there by the way every single time i didn't know this this was a rule um until stenovich brought it up every single time someone declares eligible so like walker goes to tight end right he declares eligible because he has an ineligible number that player then has to leave the field before he becomes an ineligible player again so that's why nyman was out there for a couple snaps in week two as the, as the left tackle without Walker being on the field because Walker has to leave the field before he then can come back and play tackle if he for, plays tight for at least one play weird yeah. weird rules um that only apply to the NFL cool. I just remember I remember that um that um so and so reporting is eligible echoing through the press box so many times something that uh the fan at home would never even pay attention to but Always thinking, like, why is that at all imperative to what we need to know right now? I guess that's the reason. Yeah. Yep. It's odd. I I don't understand, one, this goes to, like, the illegal formation stuff, too. I don't understand why you just don't have eligible and ineligible numbers, and you just ride with it. You just say, guys can line up wherever they want. Yeah. Everyone hates pre-snap procedural penalties. Um if you want to play a tight end, play a real tight end. Don't play an offensive line. Yeah, but. I mean, give it a couple of years. I feel like that might that might happen because they're already loosening up the rules about who can wear what numbers, and yeah. so I feel like it's only a matter of time. But um, all right, guys, I won't keep you here too much longer. Let's step out out to Degenerate Corner. I got. I don't really have a good preamble here. I just want to listen to some traffic noises. Find our bookie, slip into the alley where it's a little quieter. There we go. You miss that noise, Zach? <laughs> you don't get that uh, in Albuquerque, probably. I do not. Every time I'm back to visit, which is rarely, I'm like, wow, I lived, I lived here. Yeah. Loud. Loud AF. <laughs> it's just as loud yeah, as you remember it, I promise. Yeah. Uh, when I first um, moved there, I moved to um, first, first Ave. I was living on 12th Street and First Avenue. Um, so oh it's kind God. of baptism by fire for like noise because first Avenue, especially at night is essentially a freeway for ambulances to get to like all the hospitals that are a couple blocks up. So I, I yep. learned about New York noise the, the hard way right away. Anyway, enough about enough about me. Let's uh, let's lose some money here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Last week was tough. Took an O for three. As yeah. A, what did we, what did we do last week? Uh, Jaden like, Reed, anytime four. TD, that was a no. I mean, okay, but I was right that that Lafleur was insistent on that being a yes. Yeah, Jaden Reed just would not cooperate. <laughs> J- like, just took someone's a, leg, jostling that ball loose. To um, that's a spiritual win. I'm like, in fact, like on this sheet, I have it marked red. I'm gonna mark it orange because <laughs> that yellow maybe. <laughs> well, know, they th- they not. threw him the two point, or they were trying to throw him the two point diversion on that little Devonte Adams motion thing. Yeah. Too, so. uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. had some goal line passes for him. Tony um, Jones Jr. Anytime TD score. <laughs> that like that, that one was did, probably a bad bet. That one not did great. not hit. That one did not hit. Uh, that was and a reach. Nick's, uh, Nick's vision in his dream. Oh, yeah. the defense no, anytime true. TD. Yeah, that did not happen. Wrong team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lions probably also would have been a really good number, probably, that you could have gotten and hit. But, right, well, but, but the, uh... yeah, not to fret, folks, because I've got a bona fide winner this week. And the oh. fact that the fact that we were talking about outside receivers and um, 
probably the slot guys being a little more limited this week, it it it's probably a bit contingent. Well, I mean, it's definitely contingent on um, if Christian Watson plays or not. But we've seen more and more snaps for uh, Dontavian Wicks, and there's a there's a fun little prop right now on DraftKings over sixteen and a half yards this week. Oh. And it just feels too well, low Alex not to take a flyer on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that feels, I mean, that feels if comfortable. It feels comfortable. If he get it, I mean, two balls, you're there. And yeah. he's, he's, he's getting enough opportunities to make that a, a, a very real possibility. So yeah, he's getting gonna, open. That's, that's uh, yeah. been a while since I've seen that. He's getting, oh, is it open receiver on the pack? Outside of like Watson just running away from people, but so I'm gonna submit. I'm gonna submit one this week, and uh, I feel pretty confident in that, which should probably make everyone shy away, but that's fine. (laughs) I feel good about that one. Justice, would you take that? (laughs) I would. That was one of the couple that I was looking at. I'm firmly fixed on the wide receiver. Uh, props this week again, just because of Branch and the status of the Lions cornerbacks. Um, yeah, Jaden Reed under thirty-seven and a half yards. Dobbs over thirty-nine and a half. Maybe I, I definitely like the Wicks and you know the Wicks over and the Reed under more. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alex, what do you got? I also have an over at 16 and a half yards, but it is in the uh, spirit of chaos and Thursday nightiness. Um, and that is Jordan Love rushing yards because Ooh. sometimes I just feel like when shit gets chaotic and there's no rhythm and no anything, then so, you know, we just come down. I, I used to. I used to bet on Aaron Rodgers over rushing yards almost every single game, <laughs> like back in the, like the years ago, like, like 20, 2016 years. We used to win on that one all the time. Well, also like when this stuff got bad with McCarthy and there was just like, there was no offense and like, he would just hold on to the ball the whole time. And it was just like, he had no other option, but to just kind of scramble. I'm not saying that's going to be the case because obviously we're talking about a uh, weekend secondary. So maybe he'll be getting the ball out. To some of those guys, but I don't know. Offensive line uncertainty, shuffling, Thursday, like I don't know, the like, Thursdayness of it all, yeah. the Thursdayness of it all, the David Bakhtiari of it all. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, 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 we, maybe we found our uh, our episode title right there, the Thursdayness for of it Jordan all. Love, uh, 16 and a half. I'll take that over, you know, he could use his feet, and then I'll uh, I'll throw in because we already talked about it. Uh, the Packers also, for what feels like a decade now, have had a almost unmatched ability to get beaten by the obvious guy. So I'll take uh St. Brown 72 and a half over. Yeah, I mean, it like feels we, inevitable. It feels like there's not going to be a starting caliber defensive back covering him at any point. That is <laughs> fair. I was going to say, you know, the first time that, that um, the Packers faced St. Brown, he ran all over them. And then since then, um, he, they've done a pretty good job against him, but, to your point, who's playing back there for the Packers? <laughs> Literally who? Tell me their yeah. name. Tough go of it. And 72 and a half for like a, that's, that's not crazy high, you know? Um, I'll, I'll take that. All right. He's, he'll, he can accrue 10 catches like nothing. Like that's Jared Goff's little safety blanket right now. 
and yeah. he's little and his little yeah. blanket. Little blanket. Yeah, he's a little guy. Laporta, on the other hand, he might he might eat as well. Who knows? A couple mismatches. Um, I don't know if he's a flash in the pan or if he really is a real deal. He seems closer to the latter than um than not. I I, I could see Laporta doing some stuff too, but yeah. um I don't know, guys. Thursdays are weird. I feel like I would take the prop that a sinkhole would open up at the fifty yard line. <laughs> <laughs> three minutes into the third quarter and I'm so like, oh, that's the, normal the, the line right now is um lions minus one and a half how do we feel general vibe are we are we going to bed thursday night happy sad or somewhere in the middle probably mm. taking lions right mm. <laughs> feels like <laughs> i mean i think the lot i've personally i think the lions are going to win this game but your question is, what's my mood when I'm going to bed? So I, if I head into the game feeling like the Lions are probably going to win, then I feel like my mood will be fine. <laughs> they'll probably win. And, you know, it's, it's, if, if they get blown out, of, if the Packers get blown out of the water, I, I won't feel good about that, obviously. Or if it comes down to the wire and they, the Packers somehow blow it or something, then not, then that will affect my mood, but just to bring it back to the pain scale and kind of being yeah. Zen and feeling empty inside in a positive way um, and managing expectations. I feel like the lions probably win this game and I go to bed, hopefully feeling at peace with that fact. <laughs> yeah. I've already empty. thrown out this game as like a one of one situation. Like this yeah. game is going to be played again on Thanksgiving. So yeah. Um, I have like no real expectations other than don't get embarrassed. Yep. That'll be nice. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Empty inside in a good way. Another great episode title, Zach. You just said that. Um, my prediction, I would take the lions if I had to, you know, sprinkle some money against the spread. I think I would take the lions and the points or with, you know, to beat the spread. And um, I think I'll go to bed, you know, Drunk and very full because uh, we're making our return to Tom and Jerry's, I believe. Shout ah, out to right, yes. Jerry's as we continue to plug a million different things for no reason. Sponsor Tom and Jerry's. That has been for like eight years, though. So I don't feel bad for shouting them out on this podcast because we've yeah. actually met people there who have mentioned that they heard us talk about it. Um, I think they still do the free bratwurst at halftime. Uh, I hope they still do the free bratwurst at halftime. So I anticipate being bloated, a little bit sad, pretty drunk. Like most nights for me, really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not specific to Tom and Jerry's. It's not an official Tom and Jerry's thing. It's like there is a fan, a guy who watched the games there, and he just at some point was like, hey, if I bring brats, will you let me use your kitchen? to make them and serve them at halftime. I'm pretty sure that was the arrangement. So it's not oh, even really? like an They're official thing. Eats? Yeah. Actually, maybe we shouldn't be talking about that. That's probably, is that code? <laughs> I don't know. Not for resale. Oh, uh, it works. It's fine. They're yeah, free the brats. Department of Health was there. They signed off on it. It was, it's all good. It's New York. Rats everywhere. It's totally fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I'd be, what plays in the Packers favor and we talked about it. I don't remember if it was on the pro on the pod or or previous to, but I think it, I think we did talk about it on the pod. We've been going for a while now. Um, 
the the Thursday night of it all and Packers at home. I know it's not a long commute from Detroit, but some wackiness could really play in the Packers' favor and injuries. Like it's gonna it's as much of a pick'em game as like you're going to find. So I think Justice's points are like extremely valid. If Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark can create some chaos, then Packers could like walk away in a very, very good position, but I don't know. I'm uh we're we're gonna be happily empty on the inside. I think that's where <laughs> that's how we're going in. Just just how I felt in the in the third quarter of Sunday's game. Like no, if they pulled this happy. off. Well, I was I was a lot less like kicking my furniture Packers fan than I typically am in that situation. It just felt cannot- like things were yeah, you can attest. We were we were watching together. I can attest. I think we were both. That might have also been your level of hangover factoring Maybe. in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Pe- but peek behind uh, the curtain. Also, I would say that the the le- like how calm everything was given what was happening. Uh, yeah, I would say props to us for maybe we're growing up. Um, I just want to say showing, one thing just showing poise me, in the pocket. You know, that's all. Exactly. I just want to say one thing that makes me really happy. And sure. it's our little heart celebration for love when we score now. And the fact that there's an a, exact emoji for this so that now I can just, you know, hit one button uh, anytime Jordan Love does something sick. Um, and I want to just send that to the group chat. Uh, I, that was that was very nice. Give me some warm and fuzzies. Um, so that's pretty sweet. I hope it continues. Alex, use an emoji. He's a big emoji guy. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm gonna hit the poker. It's a big emoji guy. Uh, Justice, thank you for joining us on a uh, Wednesday night as we record this. Um, no preamble here. I'm just gonna end the show. Thursday night game. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? Is it a well, sinkhole well, gonna open up? Watch the Nerdcast. It'll be fun. Ooh, the Nerdcast. Yeah. The plug it, plug stream. it. Where do you access that? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. When, when you check it out. Between them? Gotcha. Yep, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, friend of the podcast, Sam Schwartzstein, has been working with it. Um, it's really cool. It's better than it was last season. And last season, I thought it was the best viewing experience in football. So, Awesome. All right. Check out the Nerdcast. All right, guys, Uh, for them, I'm me. Keep it locked into the podcast feed here for all things Green Bay Packers. And um, Thursday, let's do it. Since 2006, Alex, Thursday Night Football.